Hello there, and welcome to episode 86 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're talking about the other way out. It's the uh, sixth story from episode from season three, and was originally broadcast on November 19th, 1972. It was uh, well the teleplay, and it was also directed by Gene Kearney, but it was originally based on a story by Kurt Van Elting. And it's an interesting tale, one of uh, the hunter becoming the hunted. Time again for your weekly sojourn in the nether regions, where we offer you paintings hopefully proving that insomnia is much to be desired over somnolence. For a better wakeful night than an unwelcome dawn, if you will. All of which is perhaps a slightly agonized invitation to keep your eyes open here. We offer you paintings like this one. A graphic illustration of one of the most persistent and eternally recurring nightmares shared all too commonly by all of us. That fear of being helplessly trapped in some inescapable circumstance. And with it, the hope that we can discover an exit. The title of this painting is The Other Way Out. And it poses the question, is this trip desirable? Because this is the night gallery. It begins with a man called Bradley Meredith, who's played by Ross Martin. Bradley is a um, has just returned from holiday, and he returns back to work, and um, there's a letter waiting for him, a letter that hints at his involvement with a murder, and he's worried, and he looks guilty. It looks suspiciously like he is involved with the murder of a young go-go dancer. There's another letter there, one that demands money and has instructions from to drop the cash off on a deserted road. He's late and panicking and crashes the car. He ends up in an old farmhouse that uh, is surrounded by, well, dogs in kennels. There's an old man in there who says... He would help him, but um, he's got to wait for his grandson, a guy called Sonny. Sonny is uh, basically is the rule of the house and has a wicked temper on him. He's able to stand out in front of all these very angry dogs and just raise his arms up and the dogs will cower in front of him. Meredith is panicking and worried because he wants to get out and get this deal done. And this old man isn't helping. He says, well, it's tough, you're going to have to wait and you're stuck because the phone lines don't work because some idiots run a car into the, uh, the telephone lines, which is obviously what Meredith has done. And the old man also says that, um, well, basically, it's tough. I'm, I can't help you. I'm too scared of this, my grandson to help you so he goes into a different room and locks the door Meredith takes a look around and it becomes apparent very quickly that this is actually the blackmailer's trap it's all been a big elaborate plan Um, and now he's he's stuck in this house Uh, the old man comes out with with a rifle Tells him to drop the gun that he's got in his hand. Takes the gun, 
the old man removes all the bullets and throws them into the, the backyard but pockets one bullet he also tells him that it's fine don't worry but I've accidentally let well I haven't accidentally I've deliberately left all let all the dogs out so you can't escape now you're gonna have to wait for Sonny and discuss exactly what you've done as the murderer Yes, and how does he know he's a murderer? He was the murderer. He goes, we sent all the letters out to everybody in, in the, his granddaughter's address book and you were the only person that bit, so it must have been you. He Well, basically, he tries to he tries to get the gun to, to arm himself ready for when Sonny arrives. Uh, meanwhile, the old man goes into a, a private room, locks the door and starts playing his guitar. Um, he can hear the noise and that and then only really communicates with him from a distance from here on in throughout the episode. The old man tells him that um, once, well, once he had, Meredith has returned after wasting all his bullets, apart from one, uh, on on the dogs. The old man tells him basically that there is, in actual fact, another way out. this idea in his head that he could actually try and escape Meredith starts searching the room and finds a little passageway a little thing just to the one side uh, it's in the fireplace he seems to now be in the fabric of the building long grey corridors lots of dust and dirt and rats he attempts to um, to escape but um, he uses his last bullet firing into a mirror unable to to get his, make his way out finally finds a trap door and goes down into it, the bowels of the house but the ladder is rotten and old and snaps he flunges many feet down to the floor and clutches his uh, his his knees obviously broken something and then it comes the final reveal sonny has arrived back home and we see an actual fact that sonny is merely a ten-year-old boy, and it's the old man who has been pulling the strings all along. And they want a vacation with the money that they've got, and they're gonna leave him there for a month or more. And in actual fact, his only way out is the solitary bullet that the old man now gives him. Hey, Sonny. Well, I reckon we better be moving along now. Wait a minute. You're not just gonna leave me here like this. 
Probably sunny trip to Disneyland. Maybe after that, some saltwater fishing. <laughs> I don't keep my word, but you know how sunny it is. But we'll be back in a month or so. Time enough to pack that coffin. You said there was another way out. There is no other way out, is there? You lied to me. No, I didn't. Here, Mr. Meredith. Here's the other way out. So all we've got here is a great little cat and mouse tale. Um, it's, uh, you know, at its heart, it does something that Night Gary does well time and time again. The concept of revenge. Um, you know, Sonny is merely, merely, you know, there's a twist in there that Sonny is merely a boy and is being used as a catalyst for our man Meredith to, to basically destroy himself. Um... This is uh, another uh, time that, well, Mer uh, Bradley Meredith was played by Ross Martin, and Ross Martin was um, had also appeared in a different Night Gary episode, Camera Obscura. Uh, this time, not without loads of makeup on, or a rather silly accent. And all the better for it, I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, even better was Burl Ives as the old man. Ives gives the character initially looks like a dodgy old frustrated man who's just a barrier to Meredith kind of getting what he wants which is to get out and get to the rendezvous point to drop the money off but instead he is um, pulling the strings and, uh, and you know he's, he's kind of forced him into a very particular point of view uh, and obviously with a lot of these kind of things it is very um, it is you know it seems quite far-fetched that you're able to, you know, force somebody to do quite so much and reach such a point, and then getting ready to, you know, to stuff them in the coffin a month later after you've been on your holidays. But at the same time, it is, uh, you know, it's incredibly elaborate the the the, the situation, the the plot. But it's done with it. But you know, because he's quite, he's very good, and it. it's well directed from Kearney. You can kind of, uh, you can let it go. Definitely let it go. Um. I think for me personally, um, Kearney was at his best when he was writing direct and stories and he wasn't trying to be funny and he was just doing like dark, gritty little tales. So, I mean, this is like prime example of that, I think, when, it, when he pulls it all together. And it's a classic kind of horror concept. You start with dazzling bright daylight in a busy and bustling office and it gets narrowed down and narrowed down and narrowed down to the darkness in a cellar as the door closes and Meredith is left to his doom. Um, the young lad who played um, Sonny uh, was a guy called Adam Weed, who was only 10 at the time, and um, he plays it with... Uh, he, he's, he's great, he only has like a couple of lads here, but he's, I think it's one in fact, but uh, he's really good, he's kind of got a very... you know, he's good at being quite sinister, quite dark, and... Um, Adam has a fondness for it's the only thing he's done, he did as an actor but Adam Verum's excitement to watching the show for the first time with family because my mum and I didn't let on about about the whole plot it was so cool because they couldn't believe the twist ending leading up to it they were saying where are you because in the show they were always talking about Sonny this big guy 
and at the end I was sunny. So I think that's quite a nice way of showing you know how well it can work as a, as a twist ending and it is it is a very well constructed story and it fills its runtime great as well as I was saying it, it starts big and funnels in and funnels in and funnels in and um yeah it has a has a real warmth to it it's 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 but for, for quite a chilling tale seven years bad luck mr meredith and your last bullet in the bargain okay next week uh we're going to talk about fright nights uh, less good but you know we'll get there uh, if you want to contact me you can do it it's chris at thetwilightzonenetwork.com go to our website www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com uh, there's uh, loads of articles facebook twitter that kind of stuff links to them uh, or you can catch me on my private twitter which is at orange underscore monkey but until next week take care and speak to you soon goodbye <laughs>